Hey guys, it's Peter Fry and welcome to the Living with Hope podcast, a weekly conversation where we dig into God's word and explore what it means to live with hope in Jesus. We've got a special treat this week because a good buddy of mine and a pastor from the Chicago area is here with me on the podcast. David Geese is lead pastor of Village Church in Gurney, Illinois. And David and I have an interwoven past of we went to undergrad together, we went to seminary together, and we actually went to the same uh, post-grad degree program in Edinburgh, Scotland. And so I'm excited to sit down and talk with David. Uh, He is not only the shepherd of a church, but he is just a man who seeks after God's heart. And I'm excited to hear his heart and talk with him. David, thanks for being on the podcast. Absolutely. No, it's an honor to to be here. Uh, my wife, Sally, and I uh, certainly know you guys outside the podcast and have deep respect for you, but also follow you guys on your channel. So no, it's it's an honor to be here. Yeah. David and I, during our time in seminary, we worked together at a wedding venue. And so on Friday and Saturday nights, we would carpool together to go to this wedding venue and we'd serve food and do just about anything that we needed to do at that wedding venue. But part of my whole vision for this podcast that I started about a year ago, I think was birthed out of the conversations that you and I had in the car on the way to the commons. Man, those were sweet times. Yeah, we, um, I miss those. I miss those. Yeah, Peter and I would pretty much every weekend flip-flop in terms of who's driving and uh, catch up on life. We'd talk about, Peter and I have a lot of the same heroes that we kind of look up to in terms of people who have influenced and left their fingerprints on our life. So we just reminisce on stories and also process anything from, you know, what the Lord's doing in our life to very ordinary stuff that we're going through in the week. And I, I miss those as well. Absolutely. Those were so sweet. And I think part of it is actually, I thought about calling the podcast when I started it, I thought about calling it carpool theology. (laughs) And my, my thought was, you know, those conversations you have when you're just side by side with somebody or headed the same direction, and you're talking about life and faith and church and what it means to follow Jesus. And so that was, man, how many years ago was that? That was over five years ago. Yeah, five, six, seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So those were such sweet times. And so I wanted to have David on the podcast today to just hear some of his wisdom because he has taught me so much as I've learned to process and I hope we can process together here on the podcast. But David, you're pastoring a church there in the Chicago area during a crazy season, a global pandemic, an election year, there's cultural tensions, um... What are some challenges that you've faced and you've seen in this season, whether it's as a pastor or personally, and how do you, how have you seen God at work in the midst of those challenges? Yeah, great question. I, I keep teasing with uh, 
friends and family that, you know, this is our, again, as Peter mentioned, our first year, my first year in this role, Sally and I's first year, my wife, Sally and I's first year in this area. And we keep teasing, you know, once we get all the global pandemics out in the first year, everything else is just going to be a piece of cake, you know? Easy, easy. <laughs> you know, I, I think um, in many ways, I think seasons of difficulty and challenge and suffering and conflict, uh, whatever it is, in this case, you know, global pandemic, all that's going on in our world in election season, I think it reveals in us what's actually already there you know, mm. components that when we apply or when pressure is applied to our souls or our lives or our day in day out experience it, it reveals some of the weak spots or or some of the strong spots uh, that were actually already there but just weren't revealed until pressure was applied so and just to just to point it back on myself that's both been a very humbling thing mm. And also an encouraging thing, you know, ways in which uh, I've found my own brokenness and my own impatience, frustration, lack of faith, fear at times bubble to the surface. Uh, yet at the same time, I think opportunities to see just just how faithful God is in and through every season. Mm. Um, amongst uh, circles, uh, pastoral circles, I've heard the phrase bounce around here and there that this season has actually brought a heightened sense of calling and importance for the work that we're doing. And I, I think that's true. You know, simultaneously, it's a, it's a tiring season. It's an exhausting season. But at the same time, there's an even heightened sense of love for what, for what I'm doing, just trying to help people know Jesus and see how he transforms their lives. So yeah it's a little, so little good man I, as you talk about how i love that where you talk about how suffering and hard seasons really press out within us what's already there and i i just think of that passage in first peter where he talks about the tested genuineness of your faith which is refined by fire and that it may result in glory and honor and praise at the revelation of Jesus. Like, I, I just, I think this season for so many of us, Mary and I have seen it, where the Lord is using it to really cause us to reevaluate our priorities. And I think the pan, the way that the pandemic has forced us to in many ways, slow down. I know a lot of us have to speed up in other areas of life and it's put burdens on us. But in many of the changing gears, I think that's probably a better uh, way to look at it. The changing gears really makes us realize, wow, I was prioritizing some of the th like wrong things. Uh, and, and we get stuck in that rut of what we considered normal life. And um, what are some ways that you've like changed gears in this season? Absolutely. Uh, the reason I'm smiling, I'm thinking about in some ways, I think this season has revealed things that I was either trusting in or resting in that were really without any foundation. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them is, you know, certainly I like what you said, you know, in terms of changing gears in some ways, life has really slowed down in other ways. It's really, picked up kind of a, just a shift of energy. And one of the ways that Sally and I just love to relax is just 
watching a movie and uh, seeing what's on Netflix or Amazon Prime or whatever it, whatever it might be. And it was funny, early on, there was some a pocket of two or three days where we just, everything was canceled. We had a lot of time on our hands and we just found ourselves watching a bunch of movies. <laughs> and the irony of, it wasn't restful at all. Oh, yes. We kind of had a, like a media overdose. And again, it was just this small moment that we realized, what is the best way to relax? And I'm, I'm not sure if a media overdose is, is going to give me the rest I really need. So mm. uh, that's a really fun one. Uh, another one, just to highlight, and this is actually uh, just a story that, that we bumped into just the other week. There is a great, just beloved couple in our, in our church community uh, who we hadn't seen since like March. And they had been um, participating in our church services from home. They came back just the other Sunday. And, and this lady was in tears just by the joy of seeing people again. Mm. And in terms of what you said about, you know, what's, what are our priorities? So some of the things that we just wouldn't think about in a normal season or we just take for granted, like seeing people, I think has really shown us how valuable connection is and how, how easy it can be to isolate ourselves. I mean, that's a huge, huge topic of this season, just the isolation, yeah. which kind of shows us, you know, there's a backdoor to an affirmation in that, that relationship is just so important. Yeah. Human connection and interaction is just so, so important for our souls for our hearts for our lives so yeah those have been two. <laughs> oh, man i i i vividly remember about a i don't know it was a month or two months ago the first time that i gathered with a few buddies socially distanced in the backyard and we sang together and i realized that it had been six months that since i had been in the same space with people and sang worship to God together. And it was like, it brought tears to my eyes because it's that you, you take it for granted. We go to church every week and we sing together and it's part of our rhythm. And when Paul says, you know, in Colossians to sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, uh, that, that, um, that is something real and tangible that by which God imparts grace to us. It's so. You know, it, 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 it illustrates, you know, that water is so much more refreshing when you've been in the desert for a while. And I think some of the ordinary things that uh, we were just consuming before we realized, man, this, there's a vital role that these things play that I think in one way, is a silver lining of this season. This season, as you mentioned, Peter, you know how it um, there's graces that we can see in this season amidst amidst the challenge. So, totally, bro. What are you reading in the Word right now? What are you preaching on? Like, what what's the Lord been teaching you lately? Yeah. So we just started uh, here at Village. We started the beginning of a book of the Bible and just worked to the end of the book of the Bible. And we just finished Proverbs, uh, the first nine chapters of Proverbs in the summer. And now we're starting through the book of Micah, the Old Testament prophet, short book. 
And uh, we're titling the series Hope Amidst Darkness. Mm. And there is a uniquely parallel, different scenarios, different time, uh, different, you know, separated by hundreds and thousands of years. But it was a time when God's people um, were confronted with the fact that an exile was coming. Their cities are going to get destroyed. The people are going to be displaced. And what was once normal and routine and rhythm is just totally going to get upended. And there's a comfort in that. (laughs) There's something that we feel in that too, of our rhythms being completely upended. And all the way through the book, we're seeing glimpses, God saying over and over again, I'm going to gather you back. I'm going to send the Messiah. I'm going to send this King. The shepherd is coming. The King is coming. Um, And it's very much so is a, is a, there's light at the end of the tunnel message and that that has just rung very true to us in this season. That's so good. Man, hope amidst the darkness is I mean, that is what walking with faith in Jesus is. I I remember when I preached through 1 Peter that passage that I referenced earlier where it talks about uh the refining of our faith um one thing that kind of resonated throughout that whole series was that um, hope is where the rubber of faith meets the road of suffering. And it's, it's this holding on to these confident realities, even when it's darkness around us. And um, just for you personally, as you think about, you know, even what what you're preaching and and how that plays out in your own life, how are you seeing that hope in Jesus sustaining you, and what are some ways that you find practically in your daily or regular rhythms of life that you kind of force yourself to have that perspective of hope? Yeah, and I think a couple of things um, I think one it's some of the Psalms of lament, uh, you know, the Psalms are this massive chunk of the Bible that are essentially prayers yeah. and have been around as, as you know, well, you know, for hundreds and thousands of years and have just helped so many people through suffering. Whenever I read lament Psalms, you know, just the crying and the tears and the agony and the hard questions. I mean, there's some, as you know, well, some of these points in the Psalms where you read them and you kind of think, can I, can I say that to God? Is that okay to talk to God with that tone or that, you know, phrase. And I think those passages don't make sense until you're in suffering or until your soul is at a place where you're in a pinch or in agony or in difficulty or your back's up against a wall. Then you read those Psalms again and you realize, oh, okay, I see. It, it, it just rings true to a deeper level that it does, at least in my journey, when I'm, when I'm in, when I'm in seasons of green pastures and quiet waters, uh, sometimes those Psalms don't sink as deep, but when I'm out in the boat in the choppy water, um, those prayers really ring true. So I think in many ways, some of those formative spiritual disciplines, um, that have all are always important, uh, even through good seasons, become all the more crucial uh, through these challenging ones. Yeah, that's so good. 
man, the the lament psalms have really sustained Mary and I through a lot of seasons when we could not see what God was doing. And it's that hope in the darkness again. Uh, I remember, you know, Mary and I reference this all the time. It's just kind of like that iconic moment, but we're, we're in Scotland. You know that, you know, it was a big step for anybody to kind of go across the sea, but we had these health challenges and just not seeing God, what are you doing right now? And, when I read the Psalms and hear somebody else express that too, they, there's there's a comfort there that um, I'm not alone. And I think in some ways, um, I've I've experienced that to some degree on a on a new level amidst pandemic life. Is that many of us are lamenting together that this is a season that. We're losing what was once normal, um, whether it's your kids are at home with you and you're trying to work from home and you're trying to figure out what that looks like, or you maybe you lost your job, or maybe um, you've lost a loved one. And in this season, so many of us are lamenting, we're grieving, and there's something about the body of Christ and the way God has designed his people to walk with hope is I think there's a level of hope being communal mm-hmm. and that the Christian hope isn't this just me and Jesus and I have these personal confidences, but as a community of faith, um, we have a confidence together that Jesus rose from the dead and that there is more to this life than meets the eye. And how have you seen, um, maybe, maybe it's been via technology or whatever, but in the midst of pandemic life, how have you seen this communal hope and experienced it? You know, it's interesting. I think, couple of things that you said. I think I've seen communal hope implode when we're putting our hope in the wrong places. Yeah. And I think I've seen communal hope absolutely flourish when we're putting our hope in the right places. A couple of things that you said in terms of, you know, in this season, we are lamenting. And that's, you know, of course, that's a very uh, specific word. We often don't use that word just in everyday conversation. But we are lamenting, you know, just mourning the loss of various things, but who we lament to matters. And I think in some ways, who we lament to in some ways is a window into who we're actually trusting. Uh, If we cry to, you know, various leaders in, in various spheres, it reveals who we kind of expect, hey, you need to be the one to fix this problem. And, and I think that's where this communal hope when we lament and when we trust in God, we have a hope that's outside of ourselves. We have a hope in something that, um, that will not implode, that cannot fade away. And I mean, the Christian gospel is that death itself can't undo the hope that we have in Christ, which I think provides an anchor. You know, if, if I hope in anything else 
everything else is going to disappoint me. You know, if I find meaning in my career or financial resources or, or even closest loved ones, those can all be taken away through suffering. Yeah. And I think this season has shown us just how fragile all of other sources of hope truly are. So it pushes us to a place of what's the object of my hope. And when everything else crumbles and falls aside, my, my dream is that the world that people would see that uh, the biblical gospel, Christ, provides a hope that death itself can't undo. Mm. When our hope is in that, um, that's, I think, where, where communal hope flourishes. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. Man, just, just even having this conversation with you, I find... And by when we talk about, I, I kind of, I don't know if this is a phrase, communal hope. I just kind of made that up in our conversation. But I, I think that's, I love what you distinguish that it's where we're putting our hope in. And it's not the hope in community itself. It's this reality that I'm sitting here face to face via technology right now. Uh, and I am, my hope is, and my faith are bolstered by the reality of, David putting his hope in Jesus and proclaiming to me the truths of the gospel that death cannot undo the, those eternal hopes and confidences. Yeah, and I think I think um, because we forget, you know, we're so prone to to forget or 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 to be discouraged. So when you know when a brother or a sister speaks into my life or someone else's life, that basically says. Remember, don't don't forget. Remember all the truths that we lean on, especially in these times. It's a refresher. It reminds me, yeah, there is there is reason for hope, and that's not attached to circumstances. It's not attached to season. Uh, it's it's anchored in something far deeper. So that's that's encouraging. Yeah, yeah, so good, man. Um, how's Sally doing? How's How's life just personally? What are you doing for fun? Yeah, well, Sally, Peter, as you know, is the cherry on my Sunday, <laughs> sugar in my Kool-Aid, the pot of gold at the end of my rainbow. She's great. So my beloved wife is a uh, kindergarten teacher. So along with all other educators is navigating her own journey through this COVID season of of teaching, doing this um, yeah. virtually. And, uh, you know, we have found uh, the importance of taking a walk, getting some time with, uh, not FaceTime in the virtual sense, but but FaceTime with one another and just time to unplug, uh, mm-hmm. to turn off our phones, to not look at emails and to connect it has been mm. life-giving. So, we like to go on walks. We also love uh, bubble tea. Mm. We'll uh, we'll go to one of our favorite spots, and uh, we're almost at the point where we just walk up and say, "I'll just take the regular." So we're not quite there yet, but <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, Mary and I just started making it at home, and oh. it's been a lot of fun. Uh, all right, all we, right. We, we have love- we haven't tried that. Is it we- good? We love bubble tea. It is good. You can basically replicate what you're paying an arm and a leg for. <laughs> but um, man, it's um, 
we miss you guys a lot. And David has been, I think part of what has been so special about David and I's friendship is that um, we, like he said, we have similar influences in our lives, but also we both love preaching God's word to help people make connections between everyday life and this hope in Jesus that changes everything. David, you've been pastoring there at Village Church for almost a year now. And I'm curious, now that you're in the like regular rhythms of preaching all the time, have any of your thoughts about preaching shifted or has has being a lead pastor really cause you to say, all right, this is what's important? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think it's, it's shown that um, in some ways I'm experiencing something that I kind of knew in a textbook sense, but I'm really more so living out now that preaching is enriched. The more you know the people you're preaching to, mm. uh, I mean, there's one thing and there's certainly a place for it. You know, if a guest speaker comes in or I'm preaching to a, a group of people that I've never met, it, it still works. I mean, God's word goes out. People's lives are transformed. But the more you know your people, I think the more, the, the better appreciation and, and greater joy it is to see God's word impacting people's lives. You, you start to get glimpses into the depth in which truth is hitting as you get people's stories more and more. So that's, that's, um, that's been a blessing. Man, I'll, ne- I'll never forget one of my early times preaching. I was a guest preacher at a church in New England, and I'm up there. I've prepared my sermon, and I'm, I'm delivering. And I look out, and there's a lady... Um, she had some young children. I had, I was a guest preacher. I didn't know anybody and she's got tears rolling down her cheeks and it wasn't a sad part of my sermon. I don't think. (laughs) And, um, it was one of those moments that the Lord used in my heart to really cause me to pause in my preaching and really think about, Man, the the person listening right now, and and I'm talking to you guys who are listening to the podcast. It, it's I want to recognize that there are a lot of pains and stories that make up who you are, and um, we really believe that hope in Jesus changes everything. That God's word is relevant, and part of that belief is that the pain and the stories of brokenness that brought you here today, that Jesus cares about that. Mm -hmm. And if I'm going to be faithful as a preacher, I care about that too. And, um, man, I I so appreciate you saying that because it, it reminds me of that pause I had, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago in the midst of my sermon recognizing I don't know your story and 
Jesus does, and I want to know you and your story and connect. And so that's so good, man. I, if, if people are in uh, the Gurney area, how do they find your church? Yeah, well, um, we are actually pretty close to Six Flags Great America. There you uh, go. Unfortunately, it's been closed down this year, so we haven't had a chance to, to hit the roller coasters. Uh, but you can check out our website, uh, vcgurney.org. Uh, we're right on, off Hunt Club Road, and uh, we'd be delighted to, to say hi if you guys are in the area. Man, David is an amazing communicator of God's Word. I listen to, um, when I'm able, I, I, I listen to the Village Church podcast and uh, hear his preaching and um, just a faithful, like like he shared in his heart, of of connecting the Word of God with people's stories. And so, David... Thanks for your time just to chat on the podcast. Um, any, can you like give us a benediction to close the podcast? What, what, what is there, is there a passage of scripture you just want to, that's on your heart that you just want to share with us? You know, um, I think that image that we get at the end of Isaiah chapter 40, which is a beautiful passage talks about, um, even even youth shall faint and grow weary. Mm-hmm. Young men stumble and fall, but we who wait on the Lord will renew our strength. He'll rise us up on wings like eagles. And I think seeing through this challenging, dark season that sometimes um, the hardest moments of our life can be a prelude or an alley-oop uh, for some of the best seasons for our soul. So that's... That's what I'm praying for myself, uh, my fellow uh, brothers and sisters here at Village, my family, for you guys, and I hope that's a, I hope that's a help to you.